Hello, I'm James Cridland, the Radio Futurologist, and I write a newsletter every so often, and you'll find it at james.crid.land. It's free to get. And this is my podcast. This has been my podcast for a while. Haven't done anything with it recently, but perhaps today I kind of ought to. So I've just written a new newsletter and it says all kinds of stuff. For example, it starts with a picture of me in Sydney, in front of a building in Sydney designed by a bloke from Denmark. It's the Sydney Opera House. And that was a podcast day 24, the first in-person conference I've spoken at since March 2020. I ended up, to my surprise, doing much of the organisation of the speakers and the slide wrangling, as well as hosting the event. It was a great day, only made slightly more difficult by a sudden lockdown of Melbourne, which forced many of our speakers to be recorded last minute online. And I learnt how to edit video rather quickly. It turns out that iMovie is kind of okay. Kind of okay. Anyway, the Snatch Conversations over lunch and coffee reminded me of the real benefits of in-person events and seeing people who you normally email, telephone or occasionally Zoom. You can do a conference online, of course you can, but you miss those random meetings and those chats with people who are new to you and your friends as well. And you miss having a beer with people as well afterwards. And as we begin to come out of restrictions in many parts of the world, I'd suggest that the conference is something you you should put back on your list of things to do. And if somebody tells you, well, you can do that conference just by sitting at home on Zoom, yeah, not so sure. That said, Australia has still shut its international borders and will continue to do so for many months to come. So I have a feeling that uh, if I go to any conferences, it's going to be here in Australia and not overseas, which is really a bit of a shame. But still, there we are. Uh, In my newsletter the last time that I sent one out, which uh, wasn't on this podcast feed, but you know, there we are, uh, I noted a new radio station called Australia Today on DAB in Australia. It was a kind of interesting thing. It lasts for three hours and then rotates round and round and they never say Australia Today on it. And I thought, I wonder what's going on. In fact, I thought, well, perhaps this is a plan. And the plan being that it's run by Southern Cross Osteria. And many of those stations outside the capital cities take talkback programming from a man called Ray Hadley, who is a 60-year-old, 66-year-old ratings winner. Uh, He's very good. Um, but that show is owned by Nine Networks, which is a big competitor to Southern Cross Stereo. And I thought that Southern Cross Stereo had basically woken up and gone, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be taking three hours of the day from our competitors and maybe we should build our own instead. And that's exactly what they've done. Um, so uh, from the end of June, they are replacing Ray Hadley with Australia Today. I don't call myself a radio futurologist for no reason, you know. So I called that one correctly. Uh, Australia Today is done by a bloke called Steve Price, who does a very good job and is also 66. Uh, Other things that I've whacked into my newsletter this week, can you say whacked? I can say whacked, Um, are things like trust in radio, which is very high across Europe. I got some details from Spain, and it shows that the highest um, trust for any media outlet is for radio, uh, not for anything else. Weirdly, the EU's own website has um, taken the graph of trust scores and put newspapers at the top, even though newspapers aren't number one for trust. 
don't know really what's going on there. But anyway, um, so trust in radio very high. In the UK, the Radio Centre, which is the UK commercial radio lobby group, continues to achieve good things. I link to their Mental Health Minute. It's run by Radio Centre. It's carried by Commercial Radio, BBC Radio and community stations as well. And the only thing that I could think of which was remotely similar was some good work for World Radio Day in Finland by Radio Media, which um, carried, I think, the same audio for 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds. And that was around 10 years or so ago, showing how good radio was. Couldn't think of any more, but maybe there are some more. Do you know of um, radio stations linking together to broadcast uh, interesting and important messages like that? Uh, Who knows? It might be interesting uh, to find out. I'm james at cridland.net if you want to get in touch. Or indeed the email address that I meant to read out there, which was james at crid.land, although frankly they both work. Bauer, the big radio group in the UK and Europe, keeps making changes that frustrates the anoraks and probably makes good business sense. In May, they removed Absolute Radio, which of course used to be known as Virgin Radio, from 105.8 FM in London. They've replaced it with Greatest Hits Radio. It's the only oldest station on FM in London, so I suspect it'll do quite well. And in a previous life, of course, I worked at that radio station. I worked at Virgin Radio. The 105.8 FM frequency kept the radio station commercially alive. I think the radio station would have died had it not been for that uh, FM signal in London. And I think it was uh, a bright move from the radio authority to have uh, awarded it uh, to them. Um, Absolute now has, of course, a healthy amount of uh, listeners on digital, um, particularly on DAB, but also online. Uh, which I may have um, at least had something to do with in the old days. And it'll be interesting to see how Greatest Hits Radio does on FM in the next Rajar figures. That's assuming, of course, that we ever see any more Rajar figures coming out of the UK. Uh, the UK seems to have kind of stopped um, getting any radio information together. I wonder when that's going to start, presumably after Freedom Day, which is what they've called Uh, the day in July when all of the restrictions go away. Perhaps that'll be, um, that'll herald the return of uh, Rajar. So that'll be interesting, but we'll probably only have figures for most radio stations after six months, I'm guessing, because quite a few stations are six monthly rather than quarterly. Uh, Radio player's Michael Hill in the UK was interviewed by Matt Deegan for ASI conferences about in-car audio. The majority of uh, radio listening happens in-car in the US, according to at least some of the figures that I've seen, and apparently here in Australia as well, although not so sure. Anyway, uh, if you're even mildly interested as to what might happen to radio in the car, it's worth a watch or a listen. It's available both as a podcast and also as a piece of uh, YouTube with one of those fancy backgrounds on Zoom that kind of looks as if something's gone a little bit wrong. Um, Spotify's car thing, obviously, being one of their competitors in this space. I noticed I logged into Amazon uh, here in Australia today and noticed that they were promoting their Echo car um, thing uh, as well to me. No interest, but still, there we are. It's nice to see Amazon um, plugging that kind of stuff as well. And interesting to see what is going to happen in terms of in-car audio. For a while, I've been clumsily talking about live radio and saying that live isn't the only thing, and that actually what we should probably be doing is reusing our content much more. 
than we have been doing, which inevitably means you make audio for on-demand use first, and then you broadcast it as well. Uh, so you do that rather than getting an intern to cut uh, a bits of live radio and make that because that never works particularly well. Anyway, Matt Deegan, uh, who writes a good newsletter, is now saying the same thing, but uh, much better because he's back, backed it up with data, which is quite annoying. Um, he's pointed out that 1.4% of Capital's listeners might hear a big interview on their evening show. So it's, I mean, kind of a waste of time if you're just going to put a big, ev- a big interview out on your evening show. Why don't you use it in other formats as well? And of course, podcasting being another format, but also rerunning it running it at a different time of day. It's a good promo for what you're doing in the evening. So why would you not do that? I don't know. Spain's SER want you to imagine a world without radio. They've uh, posted a uh, clips of, um, of audio and stuff like that, highlighting some of the strengths of the medium. If you, sp- if you speak Spanish or you understand how to use Google Translate, there's a great article. Now, where was this? Uh, I'll tell you. It was in current.org. Of course it was. Um, which talks about a transformation of WFAE in Charlotte in North Carolina in the US. There's loads of really good and interesting ideas in that article. It's well worth a read, not just for public radio broadcasters, but for everybody uh, in there too. Um, and as, a, as, a, as an aside to that... That's easy for you to say. I was chatting with Gary Thorpe from 4MBS. That's the classical music station here in Brisbane the other week. He was talking to me about 4MBS's strategy. Um, Basically, lots of people turned around and said, you're just a classical music station. You can get classical music on Spotify now. Why wouldn't people just have a listen to that? And that is, I think, a fair comment. And what Gary has been doing is he's been um, really focusing on going out to connect with audiences. The station's putting on a series of concerts. It's ensuring it's seen as more than just a music service. And I think it shows the benefits of really doubling down on the benefit that radio gives, which is a shared experience and a human connection, which you'll know if you've ever seen a conference speech uh, from me. Um, And I think actually making the most of that human connection is a really good thing. So congratulations for MBS for doing that. A couple more interesting articles. Is the life of a radio DJ perfect for true crime? It's a good article uh, about how uh, some radio DJs um, because they keep weird hours and they do weird things. Uh, it's probably a good uh, way to um, hide some criminal activity. I think we've all got stories to tell about that. The sandwich man at uh, Viking Radio when I worked there. My goodness, he didn't just deal in sandwiches, it turns out. Uh, Casey Kasem. Um, a, there's a new podcast coming out about uh, Casey Kasem and his final years, which are anything but good. Uh, well worth a listen, I would guess. Um, and uh, that came out a few uh, weeks ago alongside the Elderly Abuse Day in the US, which I think gives you a clue as to what all of that's about. Um, well worth a listen. Casey Kasem, of course, not just the host of America's Top 40, but also um, the voice of uh, Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo, Zoinks. Uh, there's a good story from Christian O'Connell getting one over Elton John um, that I linked to in uh, Mumbrella, I think it was. Anyway, he seems to have some very good people uh, working uh, for him in terms of PR. It's actually at news.com.au, which is uh, News Corp's um, news 
website here in Australia. Uh, There's a new Budget Basement TV News as Opinion channel in the UK. It's called GB News. You can stream it online. I wouldn't bother. It's rubbish. Anyway, it's coming to the radio as well. Um, The format is a European format, actually. Quite a lot of people out there who are saying, I don't like Fox News. Fox News shouldn't be in the UK. I don't like it. It's got nothing to do with Fox News, weirdly. It's got much more to do with um, some of those weird French news channels that you see. Um, Particularly, uh, I think there's BFM from the south of France, um, which uh, has much the same sort of thing as this does. Um, but, uh, you know, that is going to be on TV, on the radio uh, shortly. They're not the first to put their audio on the radio. Bloomberg already does this in London. ITN did that for a while as well, particularly over the weekend. Um, but I've long believed that TV audio might make for good radio in many ways. And in fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you should listen to a podcast that I do called Podland, which is uh, a podcast which is uh, slightly more interesting than this one. <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the people who I'm interviewing, I think next Thursday, Thursday will be um, a man called David Markovitz, who runs podcasts for Netflix. And that's a fascinating thing, well worth a listen. Um, so I would heartily recommend that. I've already recorded that interview. That's why I know what he's going to say. Uh, meanwhile, in Canada, which I think is one of the most over-regulated media landscapes in the English world. Canada is about to get even worse for media regulation. There's lots more media regulation that the CRTC have managed to wangle their way into. Um, I suspect that it's utter nonsense, but I think maybe a a level playing field, I guess, uh, for Canada in that they're trying to regulate Netflix and Spotify and everybody else. Well, good luck to you on that. Um, And it's a level playing field as long as it's levelly rubbish. Um, I think what they should be doing is they should be removing regulation, not adding more to it personally. But, you know, that's just a personal view. I've worked in uh, Canada for a radio group um, a few years ago. And my goodness, the amount of red tape, the amount of red tape, you've no idea. And uh, finally, higher rates to use music in webcasting. I'm glad I could read that. Um, That's in the US, higher rates to use music in webcasting. Um, And uh, that's a blog post from David Oxenford explaining all of those higher rates. Um, I think that the rest of the world are quite grateful that we get music rights as part of our broadcasting agreements. So if we're broadcasting on FM, then typically in most places in the world, we get online music chucked in as part of that. And that makes a lot of sense, at least in terms of a simulcast. Um, Although, you know, you need to look at it the other way, I guess. US radio doesn't pay nearly as much as the rest of us do. They either don't pay the record companies or they don't pay the performers. And I can't remember which it is, um, but doubtless somebody will. Um, And you'll uh, be able to let me know for next time. Or, you know, I could have been not lazy and Googled it. But, you know, where would be the fun in that? Um, uh, I have been doing this uh, newsletter for a long, long time. I haven't uh, podcasted it, but, uh, you know, still might as well. I've got a podcast account, may as well use it. Uh, but I think I've worked out a new workflow for how the newsletter will work. So I look forward to a more regular release of this newsletter. Probably need to give the website a bit of a kick. And um, yes, I know this podcast isn't particularly exciting. But there again, my plan with this podcast is to just record it and see how much of a recording I can do, um, mainly scripted but uh, partially not, 
without having to stop and edit and go back and do that again. I think it would be a useful skill for me to be able to talk a little bit more fluid, fluidly, fluidly or fluently. I don't know. Either one of those two would be good. Um, I've kind of lost that skill um, and it would be nice to get that back. Um, but uh, the reason why I say all of this is that uh, hopefully I can come back to a more regular release of this uh, newsletter, which um, should be really good. And I won't feel so bad about people supporting me for this newsletter. But if you do want to support me, you can buy me a coffee. Uh, the URL is buymeacoffee.com slash James Cridland. Uh, there are a bunch of very friendly and helpful people who have done that. Chris Stevens, for example, has done that. Thank you, Chris. Hauser Dictionary, Guilaine Lerreur, uh, Richard Hilton, Brun Audio Consulting, who are very good if you want to know um, how your studio is performing acoustically, and someone called Bill for your kind support of this newsletter. I'm very grateful uh, to you all for doing that. It's absolutely not necessary, but if you do want to, buymeacoffee.com slash James Cridland, or, you know, book me to speak at your conference if we ever do those again. So I hope that was useful. I hope that was interesting. You can sign up to this newsletter if you like at james.crid.land. It's a pretty ugly looking website at the moment, I'll tell you. Um, so apologies for that, but hopefully it's going to look a little bit better in the next couple of weeks. That will be nice if I get any spare time. But until next time, keep listening. <laughs>